Namaste. There is a modern tendency born out of uh, a kind of democratic thought to level everything and uh, particularly to bring down greatness to the level of the average, the common. It probably gives satisfaction to a group of humanity which believes that, well, what is great about a person and to criticize, to pick up defects, to demean. Uh, but that is not how our ancient uh, India Indian thought saw it. In fact, Shurvinda says speaks of this tendency to pull down greatness. He says a modern tendency. He says not realizing that if we reduce greatness to the level of the ordinary, there will be hardly anything left for human beings to look forward to. And most importantly, we must understand that this greatness is not an individual's. All greatness belongs to God. So we can always understand that it's a working of the divine in a human being who becomes an instrument of a divine action in the world. And quite naturally, when such people become instruments of the divine, they are likely to have defects. All these very interesting because the divine energy that flows through them is tremendous. And it's not easy to regulate it. Shurabindu speaks of all this. And in this context, I'm giving this little background because uh, something happened today and it reminded me of one of the articles of Shurabindu, which is very illustrative in this regard. In Indian thought, we loved greatness. And we looked at greatness as something which is so beautiful, grand, majestic. It's only a kind of wave of thought that came from Europe that we started, you know, um, trivializing everything Even in Europe in ancient times You see greatness It has its own beauty Grandeur, charm Something that one looks up to But more modern tendency So today we know that The Japanese um, ex-prime minister Got shot Mr. Shinjo Abe And those who are closely following The world politics Could see that It's a whole Few years back There was a whole series of Nationalistic movement that was taking place in many major countries of the world. And while there were people who were not very comfortable about it, uh, I don't want to label what labels and what wings, left wing and what wing were uncomfortable, but it was an effort for a nation to find its soul. It takes the form of outwardly a nation, uh, you know, in nationalistic fervor. But basically behind all this is an effort to find one's soul, which is important. Now, obviously, when such movements take place at a large level, there are certain things which are upsetting. But at the same time, we must understand there are two kinds of nationalism. One is the aggressive Asuric nationalism, where one tries to expand the territories. It's a kind of physical vital expansionism. Whereas there is another kind of nationalism where one takes pride in the genius and culture of the race. Legitimately proud. And one tries to use it as a springboard toward the future. So that we, are, we know our roots and then we take a springboard. We are not like disconnected from everything and just flowing with the wave of whatever is happening in the world. So today when I heard the news of Prime Minister Sinjo Abed dying and most of us are perhaps aware that he had a very major role in Japan's turnaround economics 
uh, he is the person who introduced the reform that before that Japan was too much under the shadow of the second world war bombing so they did not believe we should even have an army this is a very dangerous thing to do <laughs> because it's not about you but the world you know situation so he is the person who said no we will have an army which will send if required for peace for maintenance of things he is the person who along with our indian prime minister formed part of the quad so that you know it can counterbalance certain expansionist tendencies of other nations which are, can be dangerous to the world situation so in many ways locally domestically in terms of foreign policy he started introducing reforms which were uh, going to have far reaching they still will have far reaching uh, consequences and after he had done what he had to do he had resigned so he was out of the scene in one sense the policies that he has uh, left are going to be like the you know hopefully they will continue in many ways into the future but he was suddenly shot dead age 67 nearly 100 years back little more than 100 1909 another japanese prince prime minister would resigned died at the age of 67 assassinated and he had also created revolutionary movements in that time japan again both had something common it was they wanted to grow keeping the roots of japan japanese soul intact so of course uh, he was labeled as a right wing conservationist <laughs> that's because he didn't want to lose the soul of japan in the modern industrialization wave and yet he believed in progress and economic building everything but keeping the soul of japan intact and with hirobumi ito he was a liberal uh, democrat party that time but again all his ideas he believed that one must be rooted in japan so he in the soul of japan so while he took certain ideas from the west he gave them a new turn completely and he gave them a typical japanese term where the japanese culture was preserved it was not like uh, throw it away and just completely go towards uh, modernization and industrialization and because of him that japan suddenly became a great empire at that point of time if you really see uh, taking over china you know i mean can you imagine how this chuttusa country is small little country could do that and this was the way it had he had done it turn around whether people judge him as good or bad but he was a vibhuti and that's where we see a very interesting note of sherbindo part of his bangla writings on this previous prince and somehow it's i was reminded i am not in no way trying to make an association that he was a reincarnation all that belongs to the domain of occult and mystic and highest spiritual experiences but the similarity is too striking to be missed and here is a little note sherbindo wrote on hirobumi ito when he was assassinated two types of souls are born among men those who manifest their innate divine nature through a slow process of progressive evolution are ordinary men so this is how normally through lives we express something of the divine nature which is there in everybody this is the uh, indian idea of vedanta that through evolution through rebirth rebirth is a process of evolution through evolution you manifest the divine nature initially it is covered up by the lower nature of ignorance like the hard crust of an egg 
then through rebirth the shell becomes softer and softer and the chick which is the real divine nature which everybody has even the most wickedest of person we may label also has this innate divine nature he will manifest over a long period of time the shell will become softer and softer and the chick will come out this is the vedantic theory so this is the ordinary course so there are those who manifest their innate divine nature through a slow process of progressive evolution are ordinary men and those who are born as vibhutis to help that process of evolution are a class apart so there are two kinds of uh, both will express something of the divine afflatus the divine breath but this will be like a slow over a period of time and the vibhutis are those those that suddenly leap and they become leaders and as they leap across the world follows so we have these two types of humanity accepting the character and mode of conduct of the nation and the zeet caste of the age in which they are born zeet caste is the time spirit they achieve ends which the ordinary people cannot attain change the course of the world to some extent and then return to their own respective occult worlds leaving immortal names in history such a one we know as john kennedy now see people judged him as they saw his lot of bad things about him but yet he was a vibhuti mother has confirmed it that his death was an occult death so while we judge from outer ways but there is something they come they change the course of history look at that man being there in america at a time when india most needed during the 1962 invasion and imagine america later on you know with all its hostility with all its siding with pakistan and you know how dangerous it could have been that he was killed is an unfortunate thing you see abraham lincoln some of these people have changed the course of history their character and contribution are beyond man's praise and blame so when in indian scenario also we see things like that happening the history is being changed all over the world it is being changed incidentally there are nations which are suddenly trying to discover their soul and assert it into the world arena and when they try it some people will praise many will blame because the world is used to a kind of thought which was overpowering the world scenario a thought which was leveling everything and here here are human beings men of the moment moved by the breath of the time spirit they may or may not be conscious if they are conscious so much the better because they become conscious instruments vibhutis but a vibhuti may not be conscious that the divine is working through the person they will feel that there is a greater energy or greater force working that they will know but all may not be conscious instrument because they may not have chosen outwardly conscious instrument is like arjuna he aspires and places make me your instrument but there are unconscious instruments who do not know and yet they are used by the divine to change future time so it doesn't matter whether world blames them or praises them they do a work and they pass you know there is a very beautiful line in savitri where mother durga when she appears before savitri triple soul forces she says i reckon not of virtue or of sin but do the deed god has put into my heart she says i don't care what people will say about me 
I do what God has put into my heart. This is also important because in today's context, we see this tendency to bring down all that is great, all that is mighty. Recently, we saw about, you know, Kali and gods and goddesses, not realizing that it's not about hurting religious sentiment. That's the thing apart. Leave that aside. But when you look at Kali in, in the way she has been portrayed, she is the creative energy which changes time. That's why she is Kali. She slays, but by slaying the past, she opens the doors to the future. But the miserable director, if I may say, who what else can you say to somebody who cannot understand? Miserable director could see in us only a, a so-called free woman who moves around the way she likes. This all that she could see. Reducing her to what levels? It's nothing to do with smoking or not smoking. Gods don't care whether you <laughs> they smoke or don't smoke. They are still gods. But there is a majesty. When you look at Shiva, read his stories. There is a majesty in Shiva. When he forgives, there is a greatness. And when he slays, there is a grandeur. He is not slaying anybody and everybody. He is slaying somebody who has become a threat to old time. So you appreciate that. You rise to that level. But to trivialize, to remove, to reduce it to the level of the ordinary, this is the bane of modern thought. And Shubindu is reminding us that it's not about whether human, how human thought judges them is really irrelevant. They do their work and pass. Whether we praise or condemn them, they have fulfilled the tasks given them by God. And the future of humanity, determined by their works, will speed on in the decreed course. So beautiful it is. They come, they are like God's engines, do the work. And when an engine runs, it runs in speed, things happen, you know. But that's not important. They do the work and they pass. In fact, they don't do the work. It is the divine who does the work. But that itself is a big thing to become steel for the sword of the divine, to become, uh, you know, a wheel for the chariot of the divine. It's not an easy task. Caesar, Napoleon, Akbar, Shivaji are such vibhutis. Hirobumi Ito, the great man of Japan, belongs to this category and not one of the people I have just mentioned was superior to him in native qualities, genius, the greatness of his effort or in the future results he produced. So it's worth going and reading a little bit about this great man. Everyone is aware of the preeminent position of Ito in history and in the tremendous progress of Japan. Actually, he came from a very poor farmer family. Then he was adopted by a samurai. And then it was taken up by the emperor of Japan. So his life followed a very strange course. He came from a very poor family, a farmer family. They couldn't afford much. So he was taken up by a samurai and educated, thanks to him. And this samurai belonged to the emperor's clan. So that's how he got integrated into the emperor clan and became what he is, Prince Hirobumi Ito. It was Ito indeed who conceived in his mind the unity, independence, education, army, navy, economic prosperity, commerce and politics of Japan and translated that dream into reality. Something very similar, if you see the profile of the uh, present ex-Prime Minister of Japan who has been just assassinated. Similar, 
because of him a very weak economy which is sliding down took shape because of him the extreme that western kind of progress he brought into it the soul of japan and in foreign policy his name became a name that was being reckoned otherwise what was japan okay it's a great country beautiful country but in the sidelines but suddenly he became an important world player in the world politics and of course for india personal friend of india one cannot forget that of all the people that prime minister modi met our present prime minister 12 times he had a meeting with him called him a dear friend because he is the one who was countering the expansionist programs of certain countries so it is something very amazing very similar foreign policy otherwise you won't hear japan playing a big role and here is a man who brought these changes he was preparing the future japanese empire whatever he did he achieved mostly from behind the scenes the world learns immediately of what the kaiser or lloyd george is thinking or doing but that's the asiatic nations they don't too much advertise so you know all about you know world over boris johnson you'll hear you know uk prime minister french they'll you will see news bites <laughs> but you will see of course in india we see mr modi's news bites but otherwise outside you will not see or if at all you see you will see some you know weird thing happening with people having all kinds of ideas because of that so it is very strange that still in our mindset we are still eurocentric which is important to understand so here is this this man but no one knew what he was thinking or doing when his secret imagination and effort bore fruit only then the world learned with astonishment this is another hallmark of great leaders they don't advertise i am going to do this and some people want the prime minister and president to say i am going to do this no the great ones quietly do what they have to do they have their plan ready and they do it when they have to do it and the way they have to do it you see atal bihari vajpayee india's nuclear program even america didn't know it was something amazing how could he do it mission mars nobody could know what's happening and they did it it was all done so quietly and the way they duped it's a whole story that i think they made a movie on that parmanu or something how they deceived deceived in the sense were necessary otherwise it wouldn't have taken place it would have been stopped how they gave a picture through the satellites which fooled even the best of you know technologically advanced countries that's how india entered the nuclear program and the space program so this is how they do it and they pass away and yet what great effort what wonderful genius is manifested in his achievement if ito had been used to publicize his great vision the whole world would have laughed at him as a mad idealist given to fruitless dreams and bent upon achieving the impossible there's the other part about these people that they appear as idealist and madmen that's why the world is scared of them of course they carry a streak of madness because they don't run along the normal course who would have believed that within 50 years japan would maintaining its priceless independence absorb western culture become a very powerful nation like england france and germany defeat china and russia spread japanese trade and commerce and painting something very similar equations the present 
ex-Prime Minister was shot had a similar equation with regard to China and Russia. Hirobimi Ito also tried to, with China the equation was very clear, it was like they were at loggerheads. With Russia there was a plus-minus situation, but Russia did not accept his proposals. Very similar something with regard to the present person. Lay the foundation of a great empire, achieve the utmost progress in unity, freedom, equality and national education. All these things he achieved. Napoleon used to say, I have banished the word impossible from my dictionary. Ito did not say, but in fact did so. <laughs> what a powerful tribute this is. Ito's achievement is greater than Napoleon's. We should have no regret that the great man has been killed by a bullet of an assassin. It is a matter of gratification, of good fortune and something to be proud of that one who dedicated his life to Japan, whose one preoccupation and object of worship was Japan, has also sacrificed it for his country. He not only loved Japan, he worshipped. That's how, you know, these people achieve the daring impossible. Not like, okay, all is good, all is, you know, we are a democracy. Yes, democracy. But the democracy and socialism of India will have roots in Indian civilization. It cannot be the western type of democracy transported. Western type of democracy may be good or bad. You know, Athens, it's okay. It may work there or may not work there. But it cannot work in India because India is a different country altogether. So, one has to understand, even when you take that idea, it has to be given a different shape and a different turn. Slain thou shalt win heaven, victorious thou shalt enjoy the earth. It's of course from the Gita. In the destiny of Hirabhumi Ito, we witness the attainment of both these fruits in the same life tree. He saw Japan rise and of course, slain thou shalt win heaven. So this is not only about an assassination and trying to correlate. There may be a correlation, may not be. That's a different story. But to understand how world forces operate, how there is a kind of nationalism which is rooted in the soul of a nation which is important. Because today there is a tendency to regard all nationalism is bad. Put everything under one slot. The national genius, the national spirit must emerge. And on that basis it must enter into the modern age. It's not retrogression and going back into the past. No, certainly not. But that spirit must be awakened because there are millenniums of working that has gone on. You can't lose those gains that a nation has evolved and integrated with its life over millenniums and suddenly bring something totally new. So that was Hirobhumi Ito. That is the way Vibhutis are. And possibly, who knows, that was the ex-Prime Minister who has been shot dead today.